Dixie, Indiana. I'm your host, John Ocelot Mellencamp. This week, we're discussing the bin men. Well, back up a little bit. Sociologists and internet researchers recently published a report indicating that over 75% of internet traffic from Britain is related in some way to Facebook groups with names such as I Remember the Milkman and Mums Can't Do This Nowadays. However, the most prominent example, and perhaps the most dramatic, is the resurgence of nostalgic reflections upon Britain's garbage removal services, colloquially referred to as the bin men. They arrive on scheduled days each week to remove your garbage. Sometimes they don't show up, causing endless consternation. In fact, experts have estimated that easily more than half of Britain's violent assaults are directly related to bin disputes. In examining archival materials, we've happened upon something even more surprising. A nearly forgotten pop music single that, despite having charted on the UK Top 40 in 1986, has not been played on any terrestrial radio station in the UK since 1989 at the absolute latest. Johannes Vonk and the Cloghead single Binman Rhapsody enjoyed a brief moment of success over 35 years ago, which would seem to indicate that this phenomenon a fixation on a bygone time when the guys taking your trash out possessed superhuman strength and the honor of a ronin, is an enduring one in Britain. It may have seemed to have been lost to the ages, but from deep within BBC Indiana archives in Switzerland County, we've procured a single extant copy. And so, playing for the first time since Thatcher's third premiership, please enjoy Bin Man Rhapsody by Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads. I don't vote in elections I just swamp in collections I always pay my castle rates So why is my bin collection late? Even Paul Pot and Chapman Mao They wouldn't believe these bin men now And you can take it straight from me These bin men are what they used to be Welcome to this free episode of TF. It is Riley, Alice, and Hussein and Milo. 
It's the free one. I was hoping I could buffalo you past that, but I once again did not. Trying uh, to fucking buffalo me? I what have, is this? This is fucking sounded, Brooklyn. That's not how they sound in Buffalo. You can't buffalo Organizing us. an intervention to take that bit to the woodshed that we have yeah. in the studio. Yeah, it's, it's going to be there with all the other old ones. GYDS.com, everything else is just putting it in that cupboard. And the being the like long one day. opening that we yeah. used to do, that's exactly. out there. It's, it's yeah. all out there. Um, no, it is uh, the free TF this week. Uh, it is the four of us, and we are here once again to talk about a few things. Uh, there have been some some doings of transpiring in uh, that crazy little town of Westminster that sometimes I think is the fifth host of this podcast. Yeah. As, uh, as Laura Koonsberg called it, a very Westminster Village story, but very important. <laughs> Interesting. Starring, very important. Uh, starring Hayden Christensen, but weirdly coming out in 2022. <laughs> like, how did that get made? Yeah, these Netflix Christmas movies, a very Westminster Village story. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Someone moves to the small town of Westminster and they have to like learn to love again before Christmas Day. Before this local lumberjack is also <laughs> having been <laughs> grieving the loss of his wife for some years. This is what's going to happen to Owen I mean, Patterson. Yeah. He's going to have to move to a little village called Westminster and then find love again. Yeah, Westminster, Newfoundland. <laughs> they say that to Fred West. Uh, Westminster is just Westminster. They do say mm. that. Uh, mm, no, it's also, uh, you could set a Netflix version uh, update Fred of... West burying people under the patio of the house. <laughs> of you, you could, I'm saying, you could set an update of, uh, 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 what's that called, the Princess Diaries in Westminster and just call it the Diaries. Mm. Uh, Fred West would absolutely be like a former Red Wall Tory MP by now, though. <laughs> but they would, he would have escaped disciplinary sanction. Crucially. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, before we, we got some of that, we have a little bit of uh, stories from Westminster Village, uh, a few updates on the strike waves that I think are very interesting to do with the gig economy. And finally, we're going to be talking about a SoftBank portfolio company or a potential SoftBank portfolio company that is run by a group of none other than the British legend. Amazing. Yeah. A, a, a company where... The CEO's main thing to do is post shirtless photos in Ibiza. He loves doing that. Nice. Right. I love yeah. that already. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So why don't we crack on? Uh, I wanted to start, though, by uh, offering the TF salute to uh, home buying platform Zillow. A salute. Which has managed <laughs> to um, uh, dr single-handedly drive up house prices in the United States by engaging in algorithmic buying of all houses in certain target areas, uh, and then realize that houses aren't perfectly liquid, and if you have algorithmic buying for a non-liquid item, then uh, your algorithms are going to be easily fucked with, and you will lose tons of money. <laughs> well, you don't want right. the house to be entirely liquid. We talk about that a lot on my other podcast. <laughs> yeah, it should make it more rigid. Uh, anyway... Right. So uh, Zillow has done a little bit of an OYO thing where they have massively jacked up the prices of houses for no reason and uh, apparently to no benefit, including to no benefit to themselves. Awesome. Oh, it's, it's the machine awesome. that kills property markets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but right. then, Fantastic. But, but unfortunately, I think what the machine that kills hotels was much more methodically built and just chewed through sort of two and oh, three yeah, star hotels. Oh yeah, that was like the terminator yeah. for a two for a three star hotel. Whereas yeah, I absolutely. feel like with, with Zillow what happened is it's more like when you put um like NOS in a normal engine and the engine just chewed itself up right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Volkswagen Jetta with uh, yeah. NOS. And and now it's just covered in sort of rubble and, and sort of bits. 
And uh, so, yeah, congratulations to Zillow uh, once again, showing that if you just call something algorithmic management, presumably what's going to happen is in a long enough timeline, it will just catastrophically fuck up. Yeah, well, it's the um, the AI that's told to make everything paperclips, but instead it's making everything houses that you can't buy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, it's, it's either that or the algorithm, the uh, the Zillow algorithm will like turn all the houses on its platform into like the house that looks like mm-hmm. Hitler. <laughs> oh yeah. no! Well, yeah. It should. It should. It's what you should do is hack into the Zillow <laughs> Zillow platform and just make it want to buy the house that looks like Dilbert. And then all houses Wait, in that's, America. That, that's Scott Adams' house. Yes. You can't buy the man. That's the that's like the ultimate revenge against him is to buy his Dilbert house from under him. Has Scott Adams made has made a Dilbert NFT? I'm going to check it up now. Yeah, must have I, done. I wouldn't be saying. Could you, could you check that for me, Hussein? Yeah, pull it pull it up for us. See the uh, see the numbers on this uh, Scott yeah. Adams NFT. Dilbert NFTs do exist. There are two on OpenSea. Um, mm. one is, uh, I evolved Dilbert 500, NFT. 551.4 Ethereum. That's so much money. Um, Dilbert and the is... dog smoking joints. <laughs> <laughs> is it called Dogbert? Um, yeah. Uh, that's that's right. over okay. $2 million for the Dilbert NFT. Yeah, so, yeah, awesome. Scott, so, 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 so Scott Adams does actually have, and Scott Adams does still have the NFT. So yes, he, uh, there are two Dilbert NFTs and the highest price there is 550 can't yeah. believe nobody would buy a, you know, a, a $2 million Dilbert NFT. Well, don't forget, a lot of the ways that the NFT prices get like that is that Scott Adams and like his other friends who are also probably crypto people just buy and sell the NFTs back and forth from one another. And so they just crypto something. pay enormous <laughs> amounts of money. And so then all of a sudden, because they've both transacted for it at that price, it's quote unquote worth that. It's called wash trading. It's, it's, it's rife in crypto. Scott Adams and Elijah Wood have a group chat. Is it and, is it, uh, is it genuinely called wash trading? Because yes. if so, that's very much a. It's not money laundering. It's a, a, a thinks of first two cylinder wash trading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really that's common. right. It's currency cleaning. That's a actually. little. I mean, it's it's not exactly what was happening with Zillow, but like if you know that Zillow will sort of buy anything up to certain tolerances, you can just kind of inflate the house prices of houses by just sort of flipping them through Zillow's system, because as long as they get purchased, then that's what they're worth. So it's a little mm. bit like a wash trade by accident, Yeah, which is pretty That'd fun. That'd be ridiculous. I don't know how to do laundry. <laughs> no, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Owen Patterson, though, this situation. So um, for Americans uh, who may not know who Owen Patterson is, I'm sorry that me. that, that, that uh, situation is about to come to a close. Uh, if you don't want to know who Owen Patterson is, uh, turn off the podcast now. If, if you're waiting to hear the results for yourself because you've taped the game, then uh, go ahead and like skip ahead about 25 minutes. The big Owen Patterson game. Yeah. So um, That's right. Owen Patterson is a Tory MP who has been for the last couple of years embroiled in a lobbying scandal uh, because he was paid a bunch of money by uh, companies that happened to have, one of which at least, has happened to have really benefited from government policy in the last couple of years. Yeah, so he, pay, he was paid £500 an hour to do nothing for a company called Randox, yeah. uh, 
Um, and then Randox oh, fuck sort of the COVID testing company. Yeah, I've yes. used them. They suck. Every everyone's used them, even though they suck. Randox is the same company where the police had to quash a shitload of drug driving convictions because Randox had fucked with their forensic evidence. Okay, fine. Awesome. I guess Randox isn't all bad. Yeah, they're doing practice. So Randox, like, the pro yeah, drug driving so... practices. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, they were awarded the contract for, for a shitload of COVID testing, including the COVID testing that you have to do to leave the country if yep. you want to travel anywhere mm. outside of the UK. Or return. So you, you have paid Randox if you've been out of the country um, uh, you know, some uh, substantial amount of money, and the reason they got this contract that they're shit ass is because they, they had bought this one MP. Yeah, and that's what it cost, basically. It was like uh, half of £100,000 a year, and then all of a sudden, It's not even enough to buy a yeah. Dilbert NFT. <laughs> yeah, you get not no. even a little bit of one. You can't even get, like... Well, you can't even have can't the Dilbert even get NFT. the boss guy with the conical hair for that. You can't even get, like, the Dilbert <laughs> NFT for, like, a couple weeks a year on a timeshare basis, like the Cube for that. Um, no, so basically... The Dilbert NFT is in a storage facility. You may visit it once a year. So what's, what, what happened, essentially, is that uh, he was in this disciplinary process uh, because of, like, it was, un it was basically uncovered. It was like, you have very much uh, fallen foul of the lobbying rules. He was about to be suspended, and so the Conservative Party said, well, obviously, if the rules were fair, he wouldn't have been suspended, and we know they're unfair because he was suspended. Um, and then, uh, b basically, uh, Chester J. Rule Kiss that they are, the uh, uh, lobby press and That's Labour Party name. have said, uh, oh, you broke the rules. You should, you know, um, you should live out your 30 day suspension from your fancy fake job. Um, anyway, there was a sort of a bit of a hue and cry about it. And now uh, the suspension has been. Oh, re-un-overturned, so it's now back in action. Yeah, because what yeah. the Tories wanted to do is replace the current useless disciplinary <laughs> process with one that they controlled entirely. Yes. Um, and th this was a mistake to make uh, against the pedantic might <laughs> of Sir Keith Starmer. <laughs> and I, I welcome the lobbying and the payments for the lobbying, and the outcomes of the lobbying, but it should have been done through the correct channels. Yes, that's sort of what he said. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. more, he, yeah. It, he found a thing that he did not welcome, and yeah. it was the Tories controlling the disciplinary process. Yeah. So he has finally found, after God knows how many years of abject cruelty, something to oppose, and it's uh, just marking your own homework. Yeah. What I, what I would say to Aaron Patterson is this. It's called corruption because it's corruption it's not eruption it's eruption <laughs> that all of us do together and that's why we have to agree on the principles behind that corruption but together. yes that <laughs> is what the disciplinary process does right <laughs> like like, like the, that's the thing right that's why i think everyone who's sort of worrying now the end i'll talk, get to the end of this story sort of shortly but this is one of the reasons i just want to get this in here why i think everybody who's harping on about oh he broke the rules the rules are being corrupted the tories are not playing by the rules or rewriting the rules the rule the fundamental rules of how this country is is going to be governed were written in 1980 and this yeah. is how you do it you do it by horse trading and influence peddling because we've agreed that we're going to we're just going to write down the different numbers and your goal is to write down the highest number you can yeah, right it's, it's not it's it's not that he was corrupt. It was that he was corrupt in such a like incompetent and obvious way that it embarrassed the firm. Yeah. And that's what you don't do. Precisely. And that's when so you even though you joke, like 
a lot of the parliamentary no, standards. No, I don't. No, I'm talking to <laughs> Oh. Uh, uh, even though you joke about like, oh, no, you don't to... joke, Alice. You're a serious person, and we respect that. That's right. That. That's to... right. That's why say... I'm here on the Slate Cultural Gab Fest. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is we're we're all. It's Michael Barbaro, Michael Barbaro, <laughs> Michael Barbaro, and Michelle Barbaro, and Craig Fishman. <laughs> so what, you you joke, Milo, but uh, honestly, much of the sort of the rules around lobbying are to yes, make sure that the corruption works in a managed and correct way, and that it's all. It's not embarrassing. Like and a the thing is, controlled explosion. The rules. The rules were brought in after the expenses scandal, which happened under a Labour government, and a lot of Labour MPs and ministers were implicated in. Right. A, a lot of the or a lot of the sort of standards in public life rules were brought in. David Cameron fell foul of these, for example, mm. um, or, or almost fell foul of them. And the whole and every time this comes into the news, instead of harping on the rules, look at what the rules are there to protect, which is. For, which is we just take it as read that a lot of what politics does is make space for private markets, say Randox, to impose a 130 pound tax on all travel to and from the country, which is more they more or less did, um, and then just privatize those profits. And the problem is Owen Patterson was just marginally too stupid to personally profit from being a Tory MP, yeah, which is impressive. But- but speaking of stupidity, though, there's an there's an extra sort of bonus level here uh-huh. because it's the stupidity of in the, in the way in which the Tories handled this, which was to throw their weight full square behind this guy for a good period of time, like a a sole week of no, he's done nothing wrong. He is the victim mm. of an unfair disciplinary process that we are going to reform, and then the second the the again imposing stentorian voice of Keir Starmer went, um, they immediately dropped that shit, and Owen Patterson found out that this happened when the BBC called him in Tesco. Yeah, it's awesome. that, that's what he resigned from a supermarket because yeah. no one bothered mm. to tell him also, that they were hanging him back out to dry again. I, I actually don't even think it was Starmer. I think it's just the 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 press sort of imposed one of their rare guardrails on the activities of the Tory Party. Oh, the system works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, a balance of powers between uh between Tories that are elected with like seventy percent majorities and constituencies mm. mostly of like decrepit <laughs> racists, and yeah. then the three guys that own all the papers. A couple more things. Number one, what he said upon um, his most recent thing he said upon resigning is very funny. He said, I will remain a public servant, but outside the cruel world of politics. So in addition uh, to... The, yeah, he's such a massive fucking <laughs> pussy. Like, in, ad- in addition to being an idiot, he's also like resents that he got caught. Yeah. He's taking a mental health day. He's yeah. going he's gonna to well, have a break and What they threatened him with was 30 days suspension. Yeah. <laughs> God, I mean, but to be fair, I think what happened probably is he was told to... He probably knew that if he falls in his sword, then he gets mm. like a... He gets the Matt Hancock job, basically. He gets the fake job where he gets to, you know, mm. tour different uh, production facilities and, and he be an ambassador. If he takes Matt Hancock's UN job, no, that would be right. Fucked. He's going to be the UN tungsten cube guy. Yeah. He's going to regulate the tungsten cubes. No. Uh, so, look, I mean, anyone thinking, trying to think about the rules here is a complete mark uh, because every this is just how politics proceeds in this country. It proceeds seeds where if you're a member or a so of or associate with the jockey club which by the way his wife was 
Um, but what happened? Is, actually, yeah. is there nothing in this? Is there no corruption scandal that doesn't in some way go back to tiny men riding horses? It doesn't go back to tiny tables and chairs <laughs> yeah. in the very small clubhouse. <laughs> we we could afford a Tory MP for sure. Right, oh, yeah. not like, a good one, but we could no. get one. We get a red wall tour MP who starts like, uh, uh, fuck, why, why is my brain lobbying for us? I was, yeah. I kept wanting to say libeling. I'm like, no, that's not the word. That's not think, Milo. Nope. Think, yeah, um, like, <laughs> lobbying for us to get special exemptions for podcast businesses. I think we could do that. <laughs> you know, we get like a grant every year. We we all get a plank for what we want. So you're like, you mm. want less tax on BMWs. I want like <laughs> BMWs d- specifically, d- no other yeah. cars. Death penalty for stealing the catalytic converter. <laughs> That's right. That is that is right. Sign my petition. <laughs> yeah, I want the thing they gave Daniel Craig where they made him an honorary Navy commander. Yeah. They're saying, what do you want out of our tame Tory MP? It's the Evangelion, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, it always it always comes back to that, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm a man of principle. And... <laughs> uh, you could probably ask for two things. I mean, yeah. yeah uh... Well, I know what no, I want. Honest, I've was... never, yeah, I've never, I, I, I've always set my ambitions very low. So I think the Eva is kind of like it for me. Yeah, uh, for me, it's purely just going to be like, if it, it, I want lower import duties on shellfish, mm. basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want you want specific uh, like import licenses for fancy sparkling water, or yeah. or or I want to like I, I really want to be a campaigner against the sort of oh. river pollution that, that when they started doing they went up in the polls slightly uh, I, and then and then I'm, and then that will improve the quality of Britain's shellfish okay I have one thing that like feels mundane but could actually probably like coming to think of it could actually tear the country apart which is that I think pubs should serve coffee like oh that was an all round <laughs> I think that like I was I was I was out the other day and I like for whatever reason I had to like go to a pub and um, I just wanted some. I just want. I like wanted some caffeine, so they, I asked for like some Red Bull. There was no Red Bull. They had like the only kind of non-alcoholic thing that they had was like the J two O. So I was like, "Do you do coffee?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, we do." Like in this really sort of aggressive way, and I was just like, "Would it be too much effort if you made a cup of coffee?" And he was like, "Yeah, it would be." And I just kind of awesome, right? So that's my thing. I feel like pub should. Like, where's your poppy? Right. I feel like I feel like <laughs> pub should serve coffee, and like he should be the one to make them do it. Okay, well, I think we just have to pick our tame Tory now. Yeah, so if Tory, if any Tory MPs are listening, and you want yeah. to like offer your services in a discreet way, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know what it is, right? Mm. It's like there's a couple more things to say on this, uh, which is that he, his his wife, uh, uh, sort of tragically committed suicide a couple of years ago uh, when mm. this sort of was all kicking off, and his first response was, ah. By trying to hold me to even a minimum standard of behavior that's designed to facilitate the sort of strip mining of the country by, you know, me and my friends, yeah. you have caused my wife to kill herself. He's neuroatypical that and demonic. That is, that is literally not, what he I'm said. I'm not going to use the my wife drop. I'm not going to use the this, my this wife is, drop. This, I'm not. <laughs> this is like a weird, like a different kind of wife guy. It's a kind of like... But I mean, oh, is, that not the, is that not simply like the the probably... It's like the, the most lowest thing you've ever it's, heard. It's one of the most egregious things I've heard, and like every time I hear it, oh, yeah. I'm just kind of just like, what the fuck? But what the what? Yeah, say, the audacity, say, the audacity yeah. of that, like to to come out with your fucking like notes app apology, and it's just the Homer Simpson writing down dead wife. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. so fucking insulting. Say what you will about the curvy wife guy, he would never, he would never do that. 
He respects um, his not wife even too the much. Bean's dad would stoop to that level. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but also, like, it's how on. I, it, I think it goes back to his his uh, uh, statement after uh, after he quit, right? Which is just all of this is a massive imposition uh, to him. And uh, and the entire world is against him. He's climbing up on his cross. But what he's actually done, right, is he's deal. He is dealing from the bottom of the deck in poker. But he forgot he was playing poker. That's what was happening. I'm surprised he didn't reference David Amos. I'm surprised he didn't go. I am being terrorized and it, frankly murdered. What if by the Starmer stabs yeah. me to death? Or like, yeah. or like the cancel culture stuff, which like is a catch-all for so many things. I was like, so I was like mm. waiting for him to take that angle, and he didn't. There's the woke culture warriors right. of the standards committee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, here's the they thing: they canceled Joseph Fritzl, and now they're trying to cancel me. Here's well, it's not happening. I was wondering <laughs> when you would work that into an episode. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing: he's saying there's a lot of days left and a lot of column inches to fill. Let's watch the Telegraph and see what they say. Um, all right. Another another thing I wanted to talk about as well. Um, a little bit more on sort of strike actions and gig economy stuff. Uh, Instacart. In the States, uh, the Gig Workers Collective has called for a boycott, which I think meshes quite nicely in how and why they've done it with our discussion about GoPuff last week uh, or on the bonus episode. Uh, because uh, Instacart, if you don't know, uh, especially if you're British, is, a, uh, is like one of these shopping services. It came before all the your groceries in 30 minutes services, but it's more comprehensive. Uh, where mm. what happens is someone goes to a normal shop for you that's not like one of these gorillas hell warehouses um, and then just picks a bunch of stuff out for you and brings it to you. And there's a, there's a whole genre of Twitter post of like um, uh, sort of urban liberals being like, when you get a man in Stakarter, they always replace stuff with the wrong things and, you know, fantasizing about beating their servants. Yeah, that's why I want a gorilla in Stakarter. Yeah, so there's gorillas <laughs> and their money. But if you recall, right, or if you haven't listened to the bonus episode, um, a lot of what was driving the strikes at action at GoPuff was how the company used its own insane disorganization to justify not paying people because it grew ridiculously quickly, did not really build in any processes for making sure it worked. And then anytime it didn't work, the employees sort of had to pay the price for it. Now, Instacart is in a sort of a similar situation, but in sort of its own situation, um, where what the Gig Workers Collective, who is, by the way, calling for a boycott. So if you're in America, do not use Instacart. Yeah, but continue to post about how unsatisfactory your experience with them is. Oh, that's two yeah. different to annoy things. Riley. Yes, yeah. that's that's two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just post about post about yeah. orders you didn't make, not being up to your high standards. Look, where Riley yeah. can see it, and always blame the gender of the Instacart delivery. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's well, that's not crossing a picket line. Yeah. So when fine. you get a when you get a female Instacart person, she always confuses oysters with other shellfish. <laughs> Classic dames. Mm. Um, Ordered Vadwa got Perrier. Sick of this. <laughs> yeah. Bubbles too harsh. One star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, basically, right. What one of the things that's driving this at Instacart is it's a much more established company with a lot more um, with a lot more. Uh, 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 infrastructure than say GoPuff or Gorillas or whatever. Mm. And mm. but and a what, less stupid name. One of the uh yeah, I guess it's sort of more related. Uh one of the one of the sort of the, the strikers has said, look, over time the situation started to deteriorate. We want the stuff we had before, we just want it back, referring to things like uh, automatic tipping, payment schedules, uh the way that the app would say verify you that you were still working and so on. It's that things have actually got are starting to get worse. 
right? Mm. And but we've ta- been talking about this, this with this economy. But we've been talking about this with Google and Facebook now, Meta and uh, and gorillas that these towering edifices are sort of the there's in a way it appears that um for everyone who doesn't matter the experience of them is the experience of them is now getting worse and worse and worse right um and and regarding algorithmic management they've said uh even when we provide photos of deliveries instacart can lower our rating which prevents us from seeing good offers for weeks or deactivate us from the platform entirely instacart's inability oh, to properly you drops off those groceries sarcastically <laughs> instacart's inability to Just properly read an instacart deliverer like, yeah well there's <laughs> your groceries i guess uh, instacart's inability to properly investigate customer complaints should not be result in blame being unfairly placed on shoppers. And it's something where you, you've you tried to algorithmically manage everything as much as possible. So your company only has to have a few developers as your full-time employees. And then over enough time, you sort of pull enough out of it. And you try to do enough magic that it begins mm. to fall apart at the end. Oh, bits corporate kaplunk again. Dropping off. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that these these platforms get huge, bring everyone on them, and then just stop working but they don't have to keep working because you're already on them what are you going to do do something else yeah yeah what are you going to do buy your own groceries <laughs> what are you going to go to a shop and talk to a guy why because you want to fuck get- that guy yeah sus? you're <laughs> gonna say to a guy with your normal human mouth oh i don't like this brand of bottled water because i find the bubbles too sharp <laughs> yeah i'd say that with my normal human mouth i say that all the time that's my vocal well, warm-up <laughs> the bubbles are too sharp. The bubbles are too sharp. Perrier, Perrier. Uh, it's how you work on your Bad plosives. Wah. It's it's it's, a, it's why my plosives are always so good coming into a, a recording. San Pellegrino. Uh, anyway, so uh, but writers writers also frequently complain about being deactivated from the platform, right? Because it's all ratings based. And so customers frequently will give you a low rating for things that aren't your fault or bubbles too harsh. The um the platform will request that you take a selfie of yourself at random intervals, completely oh, random like intervals that. throughout your like being at work. So they know you're still available every three mm. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and, and it's, it's something like, you know, I mean, I th- the concept of surveillance capitalism is, I think, a stupid and empty one. Uh, but uh, it's, it's certainly there is a lot of surveillance going on mm. and it's a lot more sort of constant and say personal there are fewer places to hide from it do you think that uh, instacart is trying to turn its riders into ig baddies <laughs> is that what it's about they're yeah. just being like you should be feeling yourself try some different angles they penalize you mm. if you take a selfie and it doesn't like follow the rule of thirds well what they penalize you for <laughs> is if you accidentally take a selfie in your uh, take a picture in your pocket for example when the when you're prompted to do so which is relatively common Right. Yeah. Then you'll get deactivated. Technically, still a selfie. Well, you'll get deactivated because they'll think it's a fake one, and then um, there goes your job. That's not a real pocket. So you'll have to. <laughs> so you pocket. will have to essentially be unemployed for a little while until a company that's trying to employ as few people as possible and have them only be engineers decides that it made a mistake. Oh, what the fuck, man! Yeah. This the world Sounds fucking good. sucks. Yeah. Has anyone? <laughs> yeah, has this it, is something. Has anyone said the future is trash? Yeah, yeah. I was going to mm. say it's not something we often say on this <laughs> podcast. No, the, we only refer to it by the uh, initials. Yeah, because, again, <laughs> the Good Future Podcast. Yeah, TF stands for the future, and we love it yeah. very much. Yeah, that's because right. all of the, us know how to take a selfie. Uh, yeah. Following Kit the rule of future. Uh, anyway, mm. it's it's. I just I that really I really noticed that right because it seems sort of so 
similar to what we've been talking about in terms of how these platforms don't just dominate everyone's lives and then the services they provide uh, either as like places to get work or places to get work done for you uh, the that that they don't stay static, they degenerate, and I think we're in a period of accelerated degeneration, mm. um, which is pretty cool. Don't we all love it? Uh, do not buy from Instacart. I think Instacart it's great if when the... my job just sends a little alert to my phone that's like, "Yo, you uh, post hog? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> post feet? Yeah. <laughs> Look, we don't mm. know what goes on in the well. There's your problem group chat, and quite frankly, we don't want to know. No, <laughs> uh, mm. um. Uh, so anyway, that's that's the that's Instacart. A little bit of British politics for you. Uh, I want to talk about our main topic for today. It is a company uh, that is uh, very funny. You might think of it as uh, crappy British Amazon. Oh, yeah. Uh, run, so uh, British Amazon yeah, run entirely by legends. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, I hope that I hope that like they have like a techno band or something. Like, or no, it wasn't. It was an ed, like an ed, band. like an ed, like an EDM group. You know the you know those guys in Brixton who had like weird yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Shouts yeah. out to his family. So these um, are different guys, different type of guys. <laughs> this is just reminded me of Play.com. That was like a crappy British Amazon from back in the day. Ooh, I don't think yeah. it exists anymore. Riley's hopefully typing it into a browser, but this is this is two thousands British ephemera. This is hauntology. No, it was bought by uh, Rakuten. Which is a uh, oh. Japanese uh, 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 buying and selling thing. Uh, no, mm. so uh, this is a company called the Hut Group. Are any of you guys familiar with the Hut Group? Yeah, yeah they employed Han Solo for a while. <laughs> yeah. Thank Smuggler. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, the Hut Group. Uh, bottom line up front, it is a protein powder and soap and handbag and makeup vendor. <laughs> oh, it's full weird. service. All the uh, things you, you need. Yeah, you know what we sell? Substances. Yeah. What kind? Doesn't matter. It's what the, format? Any. The stages of realizing you're a trans woman. Like, you start <laughs> off trying to get buff, <laughs> and then slowly, like, well, maybe a little makeup. Maybe then a Then you bag. circle back around again. You get back on the protein yeah, pound. That's right. <laughs> no, uh, so, this is basically just describing Devon's, like, last five years or yeah. so. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's protein powder, soap, handbags, uh, makeup. Yeah, then you get into uh, washing. Several, <laughs> several hotels around Manchester. Get into yeah. staying uh, in hotels around yeah, Manchester. It's, uh, it's based great. in Manchester. Weird time great, in my transition. I'll be honest. District, you know, it's based in yeah. Manchester Airport. Uh, well, okay, yeah. And it recently got seven hundred and thirty million pounds from SoftBank. Um, but it's one particular technology division that powers the selling of all this direct to customer nonsense. Oh, they uh, have a website. Yeah, well, uh, Alice, yes, they do have a website, and they have that, a, mm -hmm. they have a machine for building websites, and oh, that's a tech company. Uh, now, the machine that kills websites. Ingenuity. Well, that's to be seen. Ingenuity is their technology focused division. That in its what mm -hmm. it's supposed to do is bring brands into the direct-to-consumer space. So direct-to-consumer basically is like, you can go to coca-cola.com and order a personalized thing of Coca-Cola that says, you know, Milo or, you know, Banff yeah, or whatever MILFs, on it. whatever. Yeah, you could mm -hmm. order a Coca-Cola that says share a Coke with a MILF yeah. if you wanted to. <laughs> that's um, right. You know, uh, uh, and... But so this and and that's direct to consumer sales, basically, right? Where there is no retailer, you just buy it from the company directly. Yeah. Um, and that's their whole thing, right? Uh, they're a holding company that owns all these different brands, hundreds of different brands, 
like glossy box or my protein store or whatever. <laughs> you get enough waxes, you'll end up with a <laughs> <laughs> um and and then it's all sort of held together by this so-called tech platform called Ingenuity. Ingenuity mm. alone is valued at over four billion pounds by SoftBank. Um <laughs> oh, well they always get those numbers right. So I oh, yeah, wouldn't worry about and that. The thing is uh, 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 they've they tried to IPO once in 2011. We'll get to why that failed. They've they failed because they were too good. Some would say this. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> uh, oh, those would people very invested in the company. Here, <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, in, SoftBank yeah. went to these guys like, "Yo, pick yourself up, King. Dust your shoulder off. Uh, all your losses." was lessons and they were leading to this moment where we give you 750 million dollars well so they they got their capacity built by 730 million dollars but they were already in the publicly traded markets they ipo'd in 2020 okay. now softbank now has an option to purchase and spin out ingenue multi-billion pound deal now the thing is of course that um as the more people learn about ingenuity, which jet tends to be very opaque, they don't talk about it very much. They definitely don't share a lot of numbers about what it does. Um, uh, let's just say its uh, stock price is uh, now below its IPO value. Oh, um, anything can happen, and because the markets are very mm. stupid and unconnected to reality, right? But mm. uh, let's just say that um, uh, things are not looking good for Briti- crappy British Amazon. Yet another uh, embarrassing SoftBank debacle. Uh, and in fact, mm. it, I, I looked into this. Amazon. Uh, I'm, I know. I know that none of you remember <laughs> the names of people from SoftBank except for uh, Masayoshi San. Yeah, uh, Mr. Masayoshi. <laughs> Thank you, David Cameron. Yeah. Um, but the person who engineered this deal, this investment from SoftBank into THG, um, was a man called Akshay Naheta, who also engineered SoftBank's investment into none other than Wirecard. Oh, a company which um, huh. don't Google it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's great that he still has that job, <laughs> and he's just—he's batting a thousand. <laughs> after awesome. uh, after after merely one international scandal, well, yeah. this is merely a uh, national scandal. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he's going on. Listen, sometimes you just take a bad yeah, beat. Look, it's, it's fine. Look, it's he, rare. It's rare to see a situation where homies lift each other up and are willing to look past each other's right. mistakes. That's it's right. much yeah, like a video like bit of investing. <laughs> I feel I feel like the left are so obsessed with canceling people for making the slightest of digressions, but it's actually refreshing to see uh, that there uh, is a, there is a different political energy in one that is con- that constantly has faith in your homies uh, because of who they are as people. Uh, saying I'm the only one who's obsessed with canceling people for digressions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a what's wrong with having a British Amazon? I think it's good. It's what our grandfather was thought would die for. You go in British Amazon, you log on there, you can buy a jelly deals, uh, the Only Fools and Horses VHS British, box Milo? set, uh, boot polish, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, so delicious, <laughs> delicious boot polish. They do ship worldwide, <laughs> but they're sort of a British technology success story. And huh. it's all this direct. To, instead of, so instead of being a channel for other things, they tend to be. They deal directly with clients, so they'll provide infrastructure services for someone else, uh, but and then as a service, and then or they'll um, sell brands that they own. Uh, <laughs> I have to log on to Amazon Britannique to buy yet more <laughs> DVDs of the Mrs. Brown's boys. Well, interestingly, Madame Marron. 
Interestingly, <laughs> it did start. They they started out in 2004 as an online CD and DVD store based in the Channel Islands to avoid tax. Well, that basically is Play.com. <laughs> that rules. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, I have to order my DVDs from. So, I'd love to buy a PS2 game of 13 from British Amazon. <laughs> so this is. Oh god. This is this was back. from 2016 in the Manchester Evening Evening News about THG. As Europe's fastest growing online health and beauty retailer, its sales continue to grow. Uh, come on, reword that. Fastest growing. We had two customers, now we have four. Um, rapidly, both here. Riley, no, you're getting too mad. You're getting mad at digressions within the thing you're reading <laughs> from. No, it's a t- t- use of the word grow twice in one sentence. I've become very closely attuned to that. Uh, and there's certainly no sign. Well, <laughs> and there's certainly no sign of slowing down. I met with founder and chief executive Matthew Molding at the group's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he? The inventor of shapewear. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, at the group's brand new one meter, what one meter squared, one million square one <laughs> The group's Matthew Molding rises from this box. <laughs> Matthew Molding, come join is me. In some sort of like illegal under the Geneva Convention solitary confinement. God damn it. <laughs> Matthew Moulding, who pisses shits and shaves out of one bucket. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Work with animals. We get sued by him. He's like, hey, I have two buckets. So, a a one million square foot warehouse Mm. uh, in Warrington. What is that in meters? Oh, that's a million times bigger than I thought it was. (laughs) Energetic and laid back Moulding is obviously proud of the new site. (laughs) <laughs> and laid back yeah, that's pretty fun. <laughs> Just like a, something an estate agent would say. Look, look at, look at the top of this wall. It's got energetic but laid back molding. After <laughs> Mr. Molding, whose dual aspect. <laughs> it's very small, but yeah, someone says it's cozy. Two in, the entire box is see-through. It's six aspect. <laughs> So. <laughs> I'm fucking crying. <laughs> okay. oh, wait. Oh, Nate's going to love this one. Oh, wait, children. <laughs> so they say it's created a thousand uh, new jobs for local people. And with plans for the business to grow further, there will certainly be more jobs on the way. With such impressive growth, I'm keen to know what he puts his success down to. City on the grow. So this, yeah, this is basically like uh, Mr. Burns <laughs> writing his own campaign questions. Yeah. But it, I think it goes to show as well, how, right? Mr. Molding, how did you get so good? Uh, well, yeah, more or less. That's the only way that THG has really ever been covered. Um, and because it, cool. well, it goes to show, right, that client journalism isn't just something you do for number 10. It's something that's deeply, it's rife within the business press as well with how business gets, it's covered in a very fawning way. Um, and that's also, mm. a lot of that has been involved in uh, both Warrington and Trafford councils loaning, t- loaning THG a combined billion pounds or quarter of a billion pounds rather or so over the years in order to keep expanding. British, British Indiana. It's exactly the same thing of funding a big scam factory that comes to town and promises you that it's gonna it's gonna bring a shitload so of jobs. The thing is, right? Is it actually does do the things it says it's going to do mostly, right? So, for example, it it is mm. a place that sells makeup and it sells the makeup it says it sells, and it's thought of as being pretty good, right? It's just that you don't get multi-billion like, pound valuations from SoftBank if you're just a company that has a big warehouse with a bunch of beauty brands. You have to be something that will fit into SoftBank's vision of a totally connected, automated world. You have to be a guy who lives in a tungsten cube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, but also you know big in- every big investment bank sort of uh, the entire the entirety of like the British sort of investment banking world was sort of gassing them up on on their most recent uh, IPO. And the more that sort of people have seen of the way this business seems to actually work, the more it just seems like there isn't much there. There's a profitable and successful uh, direct-to-consumer goods shipping concern, but this idea that it is also a tech company seems to be sort of farcical. Um, As we know, a tech company is a sort of a strange concept, right? Like, oh, I have a... Yeah, it's a company that has a website. And it just seems like they're very much leaning into, we're a company that has a website and email. They're very easily sort of portrayed by sort of a sympathetic press as being quite revolutionary and uplifting Mm -hmm. the standards of improving the lives of everyone around the world and and so on and so on. Well, actually... Yeah, this guy used to have to work in a one square meter (laughs) office and now he's (laughs) got a million of them. Yeah, it's like Minesweeper. (laughs) He's slowly working his way outwards. Uh, And... And so when it was uh, floated on the London Stock Exchange in 2020, it was the largest IPO on the exchange in seven years. Like this, and it's a huge part of the Northern Powerhouse. He's a big Tory donor. Boris came to visit his, his warehouses. Like bloody, this is bloody great cube you live in here, chap. Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> stuff. So and uh, he's been paid over a billion pounds for like share performance uh, incentives. So this thing, this company, this has sort of burrowed its way into the heart of things. It is. It is core to these different processes. It is held up as a shining example of what Britain can do. And then when you actually open up the hood, it's like it's just a drawing of an engine. Sure. Yeah. Riley. Riley. Sure. Yes. But tell us about the legends. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about the legends. Um, so, uh, 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 number one, he's a bit of a kind ledge. So oh, okay. Matthew Matthew Molding, <laughs> he's a uh, mental health guy. Matthew Molding has uh, also like said, oh, we're going to give a million pounds to charity to support people in coronavirus. And again, like, uh, the press just started, started, basically started sucking him off about it. Um, so who mm. is Matthew Moulding? Milo, I'm going to show you a picture of Matthew Moulding. That's him. Okay. He's pretty Ma- jacked. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, sus- like, weirdly defined sort of, like, uh, biceps and triceps. Mm. It looks like he has one massive vein going down the he, whole he length of his arm. He does have a bit that that physique that you get when, um, you know, mm. you've been doing a lot of a certain drug. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I think he's got the physique. Protein yeah, powder. Yeah. Creatine. Mm. Yeah, he's got he's got yeah, the weird, makeup. He's weird old guy. He's a, it's a, to, <laughs> he's been eating lipsticks <laughs> every day, and now he has this physique. So to tell yeah. you guys uh, what we're looking at, uh, it's uh, a man, a man clearly in his fifties, who's like that weird kind of old guy ripped, where he he's has not like, that old, is he? But, he doesn't but, look that old. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of got a bit of a like party Brian Rose thing. Yeah, right. That guy <laughs> could be thirty five. And I, I wouldn't not believe you. Well, but he, this guy drink, yeah, this guy drinks his own yeah. piss. For he's sure. got the guy. He's got, but he. <laughs> Imagine that being the thing that gets us. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> what else are you gonna do when you're locked in a one meter square cube? He's yeah, it's the special kind of ripped where it looks like loose leather, like leather of varying looseness pulled tight over a sort of rip of like like sort a of mannequin. Some, yeah. His his abs upset me because he has like an uneven number of them. He has like a seven pack, <laughs> yeah. and it's just sort of like stretched his navel in one direction yeah, quite his, strangely. His abs look like the Olympic rings on their side. Yeah. So he started out as the he he started out working for Phones for You. 
Oh, well, that's where I got my phones from. Cool. Yeah. Well, they were for you. Yeah, they were for me. Yeah. So he started working at Phones <laughs> for You and became the finance director along with his colleagues, John Gallimore and There's Darren. There's no me in Phones for You. And that's what the team here <laughs> believe. And, and Darren Rajana. And those three are still big wheels at uh, THG now. So in 2004, uh, they started selling CDs and DVDs from the Channel Islands. Um, but then in 2009, they sort of they were ranked number one in the Sunday Times Tech Track 100 and um, had not just owned thehut.com, but which now offered a broad range of lifestyle products such as clothing, beauty, entertainment, and electronics. It also required uh, other sort of uh, British brands that sound like onomatopoeic, uh, such as uh, Zavi, for example, um, oh, yeah. and tr- transformed Zavi. into a thriving leisure and entertainment focused online only retailer. Now, Things did not always go smoothly at THG. They intended to float oh. in 2010. And here's a little more legendary behavior for you. Um, after it was sort of shown that they had massively inflated their EBITDA, sort of like giving themselves a higher uh, sort of valuation by the markets than they sort of deserved, the judge in the case didn't uh, charge Darren Rajana, uh, but said, quote, I find that Darren Rajana has allowed some responsibility for an atmosphere within the finance department, which has allowed fraud to flourish. As an example, um, uh, Rajana... Uh, Rajana's conduct was criticized in that judgment, including, quote, a bonus of 50,000 pounds had been awarded to Mr. Rajana, but was paid into the financial controller who was fired's bank account to hide it from Mr. Rajana's wife, from whom he was undergoing a divorce. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. So just a, a, a company, a British Amazon run by divorced Ibiza guys. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't defrauding the shareholders. I was defrauding my, yeah, wife. my wife. If that's a crime, then lock my me wife. up. Okay. My um, wife. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, I do have that on an actual yeah, drop. Well say it. My wife. The other, the other thing is, as in addition, right, because these guys are proper legends, in addition to their hmm. things like my vitamins, my protein, or like my, life. my skin store, or look fantastic, or these other various skin store. It's 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 all makeup and skincare <laughs> stuff. Oh, okay. I was gonna be like for serial killers. Still weird. Yeah. They also have decided to like uh, buy a bunch of luxury properties, such as the Hale Country Club in Cheshire or King Street Townhouse Hotel. So basically, they also own all of the like places in Manchester where footballers go to cheat on their wives. Um. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty cool. (laughs) And there were some complicated issues of like uh, transferring properties back and forth between the company and uh, and molding and of molding borrowing against uh, shares in the company, which, by the way, also happened at Wirecard. And just basically him just being a massive like a massive champagne chugging legend uh, more while sort of living on top of this creaking assemblage of various uh, crappy direct customer brands you've never heard of now. Is it still creaking? Uh, oh, very much so. You'd like to come to my uh, new small plates restaurant. It's called Creaking Assemblage. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another couple of things, right? Is that there is a million strange things about it rather than one big strange thing. So take, for example, when you acquire a company, you usually add its value to yours. Right? So there's a company called Claremont Ingredients. It was valued at 61.1 million pounds, um, which had really high margins uh, at the time of acquisition, very small number of employees. Um, and it is... They have very few R&D focused employees. They appear not to like be... Because a place that does like research and development will have incredibly valuable patents and then you'll buy it and then you'll own those patents and there's the value. But if it's a place that just does a lot of turnover of stuff, right? Then what you're getting is you're maybe buying some extra capacity, but you're not like buying a market, right? Um, and so what will happen is 
you might say, oh, well, Claremont Ingredients maybe sells a lot to THG and THG buys it. And what they've done is they've kind of bought their own money. But then you can still tack that on to your, to your company and say, well, we're now that much more valuable because we have that. We, we bought this, the assets worth this much. It just goes to show that like thinking stuff is worth certain amounts of money is really just like you write it down and it is what you say it is if someone signs it off. Like so long right. as cool. so long as something will transact for something, it's fine. It's everything worth that much is now. NFTs basically. Yeah. Uh, it's all it's all just different NFTs of stuff, yeah. um, right? And also, <laughs> you say our company isn't worth that, but you, if you look at our collection of Joker ape NFTs, <laughs> <laughs> which also we, which by the way are worth tons because we paid tons of money for them. Yeah, uh, that's called a related party transaction, by the way. Don't ask who we bought uh, bought them for. But so THG Ingenuity is the main star of the show, right? Because anyone mm. can can start uh, a direct to customer warehouse uh, warehouse company, a, a direct to customer mm. makeup company, right? Mm. But you, no one can have the platform that all the other ones go on to. And so, right. what the prospectus, their IPO prospectus, sort of mentions is that. Um, They've also bought several advanced recycling companies around Manchester. You remember advanced recycling, right? That thing that's totally real? The parkour of recycling. Yeah, that's, that, that scam. The, mm. the, the scam that steel companies love in particular. Uh, it's oil mm. companies, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Podcasters now, I, hate... I haven't looked into these exact advanced <laughs> recycling companies, but they are like advanced plastic recycling companies. Uh, a mm. carbon offsetting platform. Oh, awesome. Aero Films, for some reason. Uh, which they're Aero using films as in erotic, uh, like the the cult film studio based in the UK. Oh, a- Arrow, right? As in, okay, right? Yes. I got you. I got you. Yes. Um, I thought he was getting into porn because that would have been exciting. Yeah, I would have and, respected. But that. all of this goes comes together, right? Because he's like, okay, well, we want to offer, we want to take all of these different discrete small companies, stitch them together into one big tech offering, and then just say, well, we're bolting this capability on and bolting that capability on. And much like these companies that grow wildly through being invested in, if you just be like, well, you work for me now, you report to this guy, then what happens is this, again, weird creaking assemblage of different businesses that have just been like thrown together like a snowball. And then you just plaster the word tech company on it and then hope that SoftBank buys it. <laughs> hmm. Which they've shown every willingness. Correct. To. Yes. Uh, and they've still said, even, right. even after it's taken an absolute pounding in the markets, they're still saying, yes, we're still willing to do it. Um, I assume because it's like an end zone dance or they're just like, we don't need the money. We just want to force everyone to use this crappy product. It's a, it's a Brewster's Million style situation. Yeah, I mean, that is really the best way to explain SoftBank. Yeah. Um, but to also Jeremy Corbyn, we're back and ready to do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and right. It's because like SoftBank's vision, of course, is they want everything to be direct to customer and Ingenuity says we can manage every element of that relationship. We can make your website, we can localize it, we can handle your billing, fraud protection, warehousing. Uh, we, can, we can do your influencer marketing, which is like how he originally started the platform. Yeah. We, can, we can actually bring your influencers into our big warehouse and, use, and, 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 and like do all their little movies of them using whatever direct-to-customer product and you want. And then afterwards, we can help them cheat on their wife. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and, and that's basically what they say, right? So how you, be, how you turn... A uh, uh, sort of relatively relatively successful direct to customer marketing company uh, like THG into a tech company is you start launching websites internationally. So you're like, okay, well, I'll sell Skin Market or whatever. You can now buy that in and you know uh, Vietnam, um, and then you take that website national and you do all the you know Michigas related to making that happen. Um, 
And then what they'll do is they'll start working with someone, say, for example, in 2018, they used this thing called Language Connect to translate their services, right? Then they bought it, rebranded it as something called THG Fluently, and now it's part of the THG offering. And all of a sudden, this little office of translators in South London is now part of a tech company for some reason. Well, isn't this also a sort of consciously trying to ape the shit that Google does? Yes. Where it just, if it doesn't have a capability, it just buys a company that does. Yes, correct. Uh, and so it, you know, it creates Google Translate. Uh, but I'm assuming the quality here is much, perhaps cynically, off me. Worse. <laughs> uh, it would seem uh, potentially that a bunch of legends uh, have sort of created a uh, an organization that is somewhat worse. Yes, because I think in no small part because it's British, and so it's mm. got to be a bit crap. Don't like it as a door. Uh, don't like it. We've bought the door so we can show love you where me. it is. Love me film. Love me. Love me warehouse. Ate me wife. <laughs> because because <laughs> so much of it is just done like, oh, we, we've bought this thing, rebranded it, and now we've stuck it on to all these other stu- things, right? And, you know, they've said, oh, and they love to talk, oh, well, our clients include Coca-Cola and Nestle and Perker and & Gamble and Walgreens and Disney and Microsoft and all this. These, these things that would love to go direct to consumer, but can't really. Um, and uh, but then if you actually look at what they're doing for some of these organizations, it's much less impressive. So like, for example, are they working with Coca-Cola? Yes, they are working with Coca-Cola, but only to sell the MILF Coca-Cola. Awesome. <laughs> only to sell yeah. cans of Coca-Cola you can write MILF on. For years, for example, people have been drinking Coca-Cola, but it was not accessible to one group. Hmm. MILFs. <laughs> Today, that's going to change. Um, and, and so, or like Toblerone personalized, right? Like, yeah, imagine Dragons begins playing as Don Draper announces that you can get personalized Toblerone. <laughs> oh, or, or like they've announced lots of partnerships where like just the website's never materialized or Toblerone. stuff like this. But like, with your the, name the, on the, fu- the only funny thing you can do with one of these is order the name of the thing spelled wrong. Like, share a Coke with Conk or order a Toblerone. <laughs> right? Once you've done that, yeah. and I, I don't deny that that's funny, yeah. right? But once you've that done really that, funny. you're never going to do that again. Yeah. So it's kind of a self limiting market. Uh, and, and yeah, it's like, how many customers? So you can ask, like, this we have this we've created this illusion for ourselves right that these great british startups are going to do all these wonderful things but really this is just sort of a a, a sort of a tax dodge cd uh, uh uh company that sort of kept on convincing people it was more than it was um until now it's like a, it's 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 now being looked at like the next google or whatever and just absolutely is um sort of fucking up at every turn should we do a direct-to-consumer design-your-own-trash-future shirt where we give them a basic format and then they can type in something like, what if your Toblerone was a MILF? Yeah, what if that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we then all get a solid gold house because the hogs love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this was... And the other thing is, right, it's another classic British thing. All their reviews on Glassdoor, which is where you can go to review like professional jobs or whatever... We're like, which they also own, which is one. We're like one star <laughs> until about 2020 when they started asking their leaving employees, please leave us a good review on Glassdoor. Um, <laughs> but so this is from before they started asking that. They said, and this employee said, departing, THG is not a tech company, no matter how hard it tries to badge itself as one. Most of what they claim is hot air, and it's all exaggerated promises which it can't fulfill. 
THG is really only an online retailer that figured out it could make it a few extra quid selling its poor excuse of a tech infrastructure. So this is stuff like data centers and like low value add stuff as well, like payment processing if you're not already one of the big payment processors or uh, infrastructure if you're not already Amazon. It's like this. As it's like this, um, or or like these things that are sort of so low value, but you've just what you've done is you've done all of them kind of crappy, more more or less, uh, because you're a British business. Um, so this goes on to other companies and pretend it's an expert. The company top, constantly talks about how ambitious, innovative, dynamic, and leading it is, which becomes quite laughable when you see it from the inside. Ambitious, yes, but capable, no. A, co- a tech company without any systems or processes, which can barely deliver internal demands, let alone service external companies. This is a company run by okay, by huge egos with "I want more stuff" attitudes. Um, well, yeah, because like <laughs> because you're basically saying we have this with this barge of crappy services, none of which we've done particularly well, but which we do all of, and you're and you're trying to go to Coca Cola and be like, "Hey, can you give us your entire infrastructure, please?" Um, I want to be able to order a Tobobla t- Coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think like that's it's where it's where Britain. It's the kind of business that we generate, certainly, because we've entered into the. Uh, I guess uh, since nineteen eighty, it's been inevitable that we would enter into the stupid phase of our economy. Oh, it's very Instagram Tory, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a vibes based yeah. business. It's the it's the perfect business that will eventually get an office in the Alien Dick building. Oh yeah, well, if mm. it gets approved mm. by Michael Gove. Of course, yeah. The, the, the big ovipositor that they're building. We're going to find out London. on Remembrance Day. We're going to find out if that gets approved. Awesome! Ooh, yeah. Awesome! <laughs> what better it? way to remember the fallen than to find out whether or not London gets a big new penis? Change it from a tulip <laughs> to a big poppy in honor of Remembrance oh, Day. Oh so, God, they'd go for that, wouldn't so they? The, the The review concludes. I'm convinced that quite soon a big company that uses ingenuity will realize that they've been sold a pipe dream, and it will come crashing down. Those countless promises we made to you as an employee too. You've been told so many times about the exciting and great things that will be available soon, but nothing ever materializes. I think it's a house of cards that will one day crumble under the falsely inflated promises it's made and which can't actually it can't actually support. So, uh, 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 THG, uh, I think you are something of a microcosm of the entire British economy. Uh oh. Yep. Well, if we <laughs> can judge by like SoftBank's like you know uh, record, I think it'll be fine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be uh, clear sailing to Ibiza with more novelty oversized champagnes for Matthew yeah. Molding and his cool friends. I'm, I'm very sure. I'm very sure that this is the only time we're ever going to talk about this. Uh, this very soon to be successful company, yeah. and that we are about to eat our own. Yeah, I, I think that's probably <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Could SoftBank be wrong? They have a talking dog. <laughs> yeah, they might. I mean, they might. They might be able to. Uh, they, what they probably need, from my sounds of it, is a uh, uh, someone who is uh, good and well connected in public policy. And there is a Tory MP that uh, I have a feeling, or a former Tory MP who might be looking for a new tech adjacent job. So, <laughs> why don't we do? Never say never. I think we Matt could. Hancock. Uh, no, I think maybe uh, maybe <laughs> Owen Patterson and Matt Hancock should share the job. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of them plays by the rules, and the other one is a wild card oh, who gets things done. Could, mm. Together, they'll be unstoppable. Matt Hancock would love working in this the tulip. Is such a Matt Hancock company. It is a perfectly Matt Hancock company. Um, if only because <laughs> I just, I just want, I just want the Hancock Patterson buddy cop movie. I want, now. I just want that bright, but it's Matt Hancock and no, Owen. No, come Patterson. on, Tango and Cash, but it's Matt Hancock and Owen Patterson. That's what we want. 
Matt Hancock would exactly be the kind of guy who would be very impressed if he received a bottle of Coke which said Matt Hancock on it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be like, a great British tech company made this possible. Starsky and Cock. Hey, but meanwhile, uh, of Matt course. Hancock and Owen Patterson are like the <laughs> renegade cop duo, but they've got to be cleaning the streets of somewhere like really kind of like irrelevant like Derby. <laughs> mm. uh, so shots fired at uh, Robert Smith, who will almost certainly be listening to this episode. <laughs> oh, I love Robert Smith. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, here we go. Matt Hancock has claimed members of the public go up to him in the street and thank him for keeping them safe. Uh, so yeah, yeah me, me, us, all of all us. Of us. Uh, I just read that. I was handed a bulletin. Anyway, sprinting across a city block <laughs> and across a street full of speeding traffic to thank Matt no, Hancock. Honestly, I'm not even joking if I if I said if I saw No, you would do you would do that. You'd be running like the fucking Terminator in yes. Terminator if, 2 with the fucking arms up. You'd be if going. If I saw yeah. Matt Hancock, I would want to speak with him so badly. Riley turning liquid and slipping through a sewer grate in order <laughs> to meet Matt Hancock. <laughs> Yeah, and that liquid. But I what? told you, I really want to have lunch with Matt Hancock. I think <laughs> it would be has a lot lovely of fun. bubbles. It would be. I think it would be fun to have lunch with him. I just want to hear his opinions <laughs> on everything. Oh yeah. What um, do you make of uh, sparkling waters, man? I think he would have an interest. Uh, not now. I don't think he would have a particularly smart answer. You're for that, rowing back from interesting, but maybe. I think it would be interesting <laughs> to hear what a sort of God's perfect moron thinks about anything. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway. Uh, that's, I think that's all about Matt, all What do you reckon happens inside the Large Hadron Collider? I bet he's got an interesting <laughs> answer. Yeah. 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 Uh, Matt Hancock, do you believe, do you think there's a, like a god? What do you think we go when we die? It's proof of how shit journalism is in this country that no journalist ever worked out that at a press conference you could just ask Matt Hancock a weird question and he'd probably it's give you anything. like a several just minute throw him a wild like, one. Uh, Matt, yeah. Matt, how warm do you reckon the average dog poo is? <laughs> Yeah, he'd be so flustered. Matt, how close? How close do you think you could get to the surface of the sun? Yeah. Matt Hancock, do you, how long? If I give you a paperclip to trade, how long before you could get it up to a house? And what would be your strategy? <laughs> Matt Hancock, se sell me this pen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yes, perfect. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, no notes. That's the question to yeah. ask Matt Hancock if you meet him. <laughs> perfect. Ideal. Yeah, Owen Patterson could lobby you to buy that pen. I don't care about what That's Owen Patterson true. thinks about anything because he's just an idiot. He's not God's perfect idiot. No, exactly. He's, no, an, no. he's a less interesting idiot. Exactly. He doesn't have the perfect spaniel brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's about all we have time for today. So I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast and remind you mm. that we have a bonus feed. It is $5 a month. You get a second episode. This week, we are going to be talking about Brew dog and the bonus. So do check Ooh. out. Also, I am going on tour this month on the twenty third. I'll be. Do you want to see Milo's car? Yeah. Do you want to see my car? Fuck the show. Come for the car. <laughs> Leave before the comedy. Twenty third, Birmingham. Twenty fourth, Liverpool. All the dates are selling very well, except Liverpool. I would, if you live in Liverpool, please come to. It's the biggest venue of the one. You, you've got to, you've got to stop posting photos of yourself reading the sun with a giant grin on oh, your face. You got to stop doing uh, that. It's yeah. your love of page three girls that I think is causing this. That is right. Yeah. Lucy Pinder has blacklisted me in Merseyside. <laughs> uh, the twenty fifth, uh, Manchester, and on the twenty sixth, uh, Nottingham. Uh, if you're in Manchester, I. I would buy a ticket like now because that that one's almost sold out 
Well, here's the thing. It's this the is... smallest venue, and it's the one that's selling fastest. I have had. It's the most monkey's poor tour. Why don't you just cancel Manchester and Liverpool dates and get the biggest venue in wherever's between them? Wigan. Yes. There we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Equidistant. We're doing it in fucking Wigan. Yeah. Perfect. No notes. Yeah. I I I have a live show. Oh. oh. Uh Tuesday. Yeah, I have I have a live show if you're listening to this. Uh, experience. Uh yeah, Star 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 of Kings. Uh my uh 10k posts, uh me and Phoebe Roy, who is also on uh Masters of Our Own Domain. We are well, doing no one the else first is. 10k post mini live show um at the Star of Kings. It's at 10 p.m. It's an it's a free event, so you can rock up, but like I would say rock up early. Mm. Um and if you're very and nice often. and you're not weird, I will write you a handwritten post. Cool. Um Sounds good. Handwriting a, a Donald Trump classic. Uh, if you find me on That's the street, right. I will uh, hand figure you out a Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. I will <laughs> Riley, Riley will hand <laughs> handwrite you a description of the the perfect sparkling water bubble. Yeah, well, I think I'll I'll just like I'll I'll do like I'll I'll work out a little hash by hand, and then I'll hand you that piece of paper, and then you can cryptographic cryptographically verify it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. It's a little one-time pad yeah. that you can spend. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to an NFT of a bottle of Badwell. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll see you all uh, soon. Uh, Milo and I are very hungry and have to eat. And Alice, you have to eat. And who's saying you, we all have to eat as normal humans? Yeah, mm. yeah, I actually yeah, do. Right. Actually, I've got some. I've got some food in the oven. Yeah, right. we're, all, we're all normal humans. We consume sustenance <laughs> and then excrete consume it. Consume the yes. meat. That's we are. Right. It's very relatable of us. We are. We are consumers yeah. uh, in mm. the sense that we consume food. Yeah, absolutely. All, all right, right. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Swamp in collections. I always pay my castle rates. So why is my bin collection late? Even Paul Pot and Chapman Mao, they wouldn't believe these bin men now. And you can take it straight from me. These bin men are what they used to be. Oh, my God.